Hello, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Mike. And I am Rob. And we are the E-Ticket e Podcast. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Nailed it that time. And uh, today, we are uh, going to be turning into users and uh, entering the grid oh, of Tron. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, today, the topic of discussion is the Tron Coaster. Yep, the Tron Light Cycle Run, which is now, well, I guess by the time you listen to this, which has officially opened at the Magic Kingdom <laughs> April 4th, after much, much delay, much hubbub, after being opened at Disneyland Shanghai since June of 2016. It is here. It is here, folks. It is stateside, and it is... Okay. It, it's a ride. Of all the rides that I've been on, it's, it's one of them. It's definitely one of them. Yep. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get into some general thoughts, and uh, then we can venture into some spoiler territory. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I I've figured... only been on it twice in one day, and I went on it in the daytime both times. You, how many times did you say you've been on it? Well, uh, uh -huh. I, as we mentioned in the last episode, I had the chance to attend the Tron Media Preview which was held uh, near the end of March. Can attest. He was sending me stories, drinking uh, drinks with glow cubes in them, yeah. uh, waving to light up suit Goofy, and then just, yeah, going on the ride multiple times. I was, I, yeah. was, I was a little jealous. I also got to see the first preview of Happily Ever After Comeback, which was very exciting because Disney yeah. Enchantment sucks ass. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so uh, Tron. It was first announced to come over here to the States in 2017. 17? D23 right. 2017, right, right. yeah. Which was just barely a year after it opened up in Shanghai. Yes. So. I believe at the time that they had intended to have it open in time for the 50th anniversary. Correct. And obviously. Or at least during it. Yes. Yeah. And obviously with the pandemic that did not come to fruition. Here we are. It is now 2023. Mm -hmm. I think this holds the current record for the longest time to completion in terms of a Disney announcement to a ride. Uh, um, these... If we're not counting the Disneyland uh, Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion yeah. because that one stood dormant for nine years, I think. Okay. So... But to be fair, I don't think they actually announced anything for it until about five years before it opened. I mean, I know there was some rumblings while Walt was still alive about the Museum of the Weird or concepts of that idea, because there is a, a, um, a special that they made for one of the Disney shows uh, presented by Kodak, which is why they're always <laughs> taking photos of things during the... It was a fun corporate tie, and I, I did laugh first time I watched the YouTube video of it. Um, but... This this might be the longest here in Florida. I mean, I definitely longest. I want to go out on a limb and say it is. I know Test Track had its issues. I know Alien Encounter had its long time too, but that wasn't announced. Right. Like, but yeah, amazing. Just amazing that it took this long. Not only did it was it supposed to open up for the 50th anniversary, they intentionally opened it up 4 days after the 50th anniversary actually ended. Yeah. So, I it's <laughs> I mean, well, I honestly had so much Tron fatigue, I'm not sure how much I could enjoy it. 
which is frankly kind of amazing because uh, I, I mean I can only speak for myself. Uh-huh. I have seen both the original and the 2010, 2010 or 2011. Yeah, uh, I've seen both the movies. Uh, the second one in particular was not super good, but no. Daft Punk made the entire soundtrack, so like, and the know, aesthetic can't... was better. Oh yes, yeah, the aesthetic so... was aesthetic, and it's honestly kind of amazing to me that they think that there's enough interest in the Tron sort of brands to bring the coaster over here to the states. I mean, they tried a, a show on Disney XD, you know, that Disney Channel nobody gets. They tried a show on that like 10 years ago, and Elijah Wood was one of the stars, along with Bruce Boxleitner, the Tron. And I think it lasted maybe two seasons, maybe? Yeah, I just... So I, it never really yeah. felt like it had staying power here in the States, but like they put it in China, you know, Shanghai, because it it's popular over there, and yeah. then everyone said, that looks cool, we want that. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Yeah, so 2017 rolls around, they announced that Tron is coming, we are now here in 2023. The ride is finished. They had to make some pretty severe changes to the land surrounding Tron. Uh, one of the casualties of which was the Walt Disney World Railroad. They had to uh, make some adjustments to the railroad. Now, we talked Poor about this in the last episode choose. as well, that we are probably at some point going to do a full review of the of the railroad. Yeah, uh, I feel and... like it'd be a miserable day, but also we'd have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just find it so fascinating that this is a carbon copy of the ride that's over in Shanghai. Allegedly. The only thing that's different are some of the graphics on the inside of the ride. They had to uh, make some changes to those. Uh, The reason I know that is just because uh, I happen to be friends with someone who works in the digital art design departments uh, over at Magic Kingdom. And ultimately... uh, well, it, Tron is a ride. Yeah, knee, you know, knee, knee jerk, knee jerk. On the count of three, we're gonna we're gonna say how we feel about it. One or two words. Ready? One, two, three. It, it's it's fine. okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're pretty much it's, on the same page middling. there. Yeah. Yeah. I intentionally didn't talk to you before this, just just so we could figure that out. <laughs> Great. So Tron is kind of interesting in the same way that Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is interesting, where hmm. it's a carbon copy of a one from a different Disney theme park. And I think it kind of suffers because of that. Yeah. I I don't feel like enough was changed for an American audience. No. Not even not even the style of the uh the seats even. Like somebody said those are the same exact seats from China where Yeah. I mean admittedly the seats actually weren't a problem. I I, <laughs> I, I had a problem the first time I went on it, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Well, I'm you know, I'm a bigger guy. Correct. And I tend to struggle to fit in some of the theme park mm-hmm. sort of uh more restrictive seating. Oh, and this is one a ride where the test seat is right out in the open in front of everybody in line and it's gotten many criticisms from the uh, the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Uh well, I mean, you know, it's not like there is any uh, freedom from criticism in terms of theme park uh, safety features. Um, that's been a thing pretty much since no, the No, but I think, I think the problem is like having it being so publicly displayed so when people can just watch you fail. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of an issue. I mean, I, I suppose that's fair. I would personally rather have it out in front so that I can determine whether or not I fit on the damn thing instead of yeah. waiting... 
an think, hour or two. Correct, correct. And I think the solution going forward is like we just put up like a partition or something, being like, here's right. the test seat. This isn't for your kid to take a picture in. This is the actual test seat. So yeah, that's that might be the thing going forward. But uh, you you said all good for you, not a problem. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and uh, the ride itself is uh, it's very flashy. Mm-hmm. It's a very visually cool looks pretty. Ride. Yeah, looks pretty. It's good. It's good for uh, photos and uh, some quick little videos. Yeah. Well, I suppose we should we should probably start with just like the beginning, right? So you uh, we can do the you, whole building if you'd like. Right. You go to Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. You go basically in between the Speedway and Space Mountain. Yep. Yeah. And the beautifully constructed dome thing. The that, canopy. The canopy. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That they've been working on for six years now. <laughs> um, well, Poor uh, during the day, it, uh, it it looks okay. Yeah, it's uh, not spectacular in the daytime. I am of the mentality that Tron is a ride that is designed to be ridden at night. See, and that's why I'm jealous because I've only been on the daytime. You got you've only been on it at nighttime, and I think that sounds like the way to go anyway. Yeah, nighttime, yeah. in my opinion, is the superior version of it. At night, with the lights glowing off of the canopy, mm-hmm. uh, you can actually see uh, the lights following you on the canopy, on the mm. underside of the canopy, as you go through it during the launch, which is meant to symbolize the other racers that you go up against. Uh, oh, and, okay. Yeah, it, it looks much, much cooler at night than it does during the day, because during the day, you can't see that. No, during the day, we go from the uh, the black and neon blue inside to, oh, look, it's daylight again. Which is one of the things that I do have as a problem with the ride. I mean, I've got problems with it, too. I'm also blind. So that's my that's my own <laughs> burden I'm carrying. <laughs> see, so. well, for me, right, you are, you're digitized. You're put into the grid. You're yes. a user, right? Yep. You're now executing this this light cycle function, and like that's how you are on the ride. And and the the ride, you know, you get to this queue area, and they've got this really intense music playing, and then it's like, and then you're just out. Oh yeah. Outside. It does a nice little countdown. Deet, deet. Yeah. yeah. You're just outside of the grid. Yeah. In real life. Yep. Now you're outdoors. And. I, it's kind of weird to me to put like the highlight of the ride as the beginning part of the ride. I mean, <laughs> I was talking about this to somebody else and was like, yeah, you start off with a launch and then you just go outside and then you do the ride and I That's guess it. spoiler alert, let's say, and then you do like the inside of the ride and then like you don't do like another victory lap where you like take another launch and you just go back outside. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. It's just weird. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a sort of like weird conceptually, like weird thing. Like I, I understand why they built it the way they did because you you can't exactly have like a uh, inverted like an all indoor yeah. kind of thing because that would just be gigantic. I mean they saw like that's what they did with the Guardians coaster and the Guardians coaster was literally so big that they had to build a separate show building sure for and, the Guardians coaster yep. which is the largest indoor coaster in the world. I think that's right. It's the 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 footprint. Oh, on that it's building. massive! It's gigantic. It's yeah. bigger than the original Universe of Energy Pavilion. Well, yeah, that's only like, that's just a uh, a pre-show yeah. and housing area now. Yeah, and <laughs> ah. so yeah, you, you you the ride starts and you just immediately leave the grid and go outside into 
broad daylight or if you're riding it at night at, at nighttime and yeah. you can again nighttime is the obviously better experience yeah, nighttime sounds cool yeah <laughs> bet One you day. don't bet you don't lose your night vision the second you go outside too and then immediately go back indoors and go all right no nothing can be seen except yeah. that orange guy <laughs> so and uh yeah, yeah then you go back in and then you're uh, you're doing a light cycle game race, race yeah, thing race. unlike unlike the normal light cycle one where it's don't crash into this thing or you'll get derezzed it's first team to get seven rings wins which is okay yeah it's how do we affect this you don't you don't sweet go blue team just sit there and listen to the daft punk yeah that's all yeah that, Which, that, like, that, again, that is honestly the highlight of this ride is the fact I, I, I mean again yeah. admittedly the, the music is incredible yeah they they went with the 2010 <laughs> one for good reasons yeah the the derez theme from the 2010 version like the so good yeah and uh yeah but um right so you walk up you see the dome well you also see the uh the, the the little sign everyone's taking a picture in front of Tron. Sure, sure. Presented by Enterprise. Light cycle dot run. Because remember, it's not just light cycle run. It's light cycle dot run. Because it's a computer program. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But it looks so dumb. Yeah. Uh, and uh, right underneath it, in big old letters, just says presented by Enterprise. Sure. Uh, and then we go up a ramp. You go up a ramp. There's this nice... Uh, concrete path that loops around one thing i do actually appreciate is that the i think this is the first newer ride at disney that they've put in where there are actual bathrooms uh inside the queue proper oh technically that's correct yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. there are bathrooms inside the queue which is actually super it's a super nice quality of life uh change i know there's made because i know there's bathrooms in flights passage where they're at couldn't tell you but i I know i know they're there they're outside of the queue in the same way that the Rise of the Resistance bathrooms are also outside of the queue. So you mm. need to you need to literally contact a cast member and be like, hey, I have to use the bathroom. I would like to keep my spot in line. Got it. And then you have to go out one of like the side doors and like oh, that's, leave the building. That's an effort I'm not prepared for. Yeah, do. it's just, it's ridiculous. Okay. And uh, I think Tron is the first like of the newer rides that actually has like a dedicated restroom that's in the queue proper. So you okay. can just exit out of the queue, go to the bathroom, and then just pop right back into where you were. Uh, I'll say this real quick, because neither one of us went on this during like a proper, like get a virtual queue, uh, stand in line type of day. So I'm not 100% sure where the line starts or how long it's supposed to be. Right. You know, so, I, don't, not, I don't even know how long we're supposed to be. This is a terrible knee-jerk review now that I'm thinking about to, it. Well, anyway. No, I mean, like, it's, it's so... <laughs> Like, I don't know how long we're supposed to be under the canopy for, if that I, makes any sense. I have seen what it looks like during the day. Okay. And the way that they've kind of alleviated it is that a significant portion of the line is on the concrete walkway, and it just loops back on itself. It would have... Okay, I feel like it right. would have to be. And, well, there's a very specific reason. Uh, by the way, we probably should have said this in the beginning, but this is going to be a pretty spoiler-heavy episode yeah yeah now are, we're getting way into yeah. spoilers we had the little ones before let's this is all out right now yeah well they kind of by by the design of this ride they kind of needed the queue to loop back on itself because the first thing you do when you walk into the building is go down this tiny little hallway and once you, you go, get into the building once you get into the yeah, building yeah. 
you go down this tiny little hallway. Yeah, it's only about like have... 30 feet. It's got lights on either side of you, yeah. and then it makes a hard left. Yeah. And they put you in a tiny room. Yeah, you get put into a tiny room, a little like a little, I think there's only like 15 or 20 people at a time in this in this room. Yeah. And they have a little tiny pre-show, which admittedly is kind of cool. It is kind of cool for what it is. Yeah, you yeah. get... You get digitized and sent to the grid. You look at what you think is just a TV screen, and then you get digitized, and now you can see see through the screen, too. If you time it right, it's the section where the the cycle is sitting on right before it launches. launches. So if you time this right, you could see the cycle right when it launches. Yeah, which is very, very cool. Yeah. and then you go from there into the locker. Well, no, there's oh, actually yeah, another, there's, there's there's another a secondary queue. Well, because after you leave this room, now you walk around the area right. that it can do a launch in, which I like. To, I stood the first time and was like, I want to take a video. And yeah. everyone in my party left me. And I went, I have a blind stick and I need to follow folks. All right, <laughs> well, I'm going to go follow them. And then, yeah, you're right. Then the next area, we have like a little... A little line we stand in where they uh, they tell us lockers are coming and what Team Blue is and this, that, and the other. And yeah. I, don't, I don't remember exactly everything. I just remember the video feeling like a computer was talking. Well, a modern computer was talking so to me. what's very interesting is that for the media preview, uh-huh. because the lines were so short, I have not actually seen the, the quote-unquote like the, oh. pre- the pre-show briefing. If that oh makes yeah, any where sense. it tells you how to get onto a bike and right, exactly right. about the I lockers coming up. I haven't seen any of that up. because okay. The, okay. during the preview, the lines were literally so short that you would just walk right straight through to the lockers. Room. Yeah, got it. And you go straight to the lockers. So I actually haven't seen uh, this ride. I guess, and it's like in its full sort of beginning to end. Uh, again, this is just knee-jerk review right. because we neither one of us has <laughs> decided to get a virtual queue and see it in the morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, so then uh, we we, so know, go, to, we go, go to the lockers, room. but like this is monumental for Disney because it's the first time they've agreed Universal is better. Yes, in two <laughs> ways. Um, one, which is that you have to put your items in a locker uh, because yeah. there is nowhere for you to store items on the ride vehicle. There's one little lift up oh, thing right, right, that you can put out, like a cell phone right, or right. a wallet, and, and that's that's, that's literally that's it. Literally that, it. That, I'm not even exaggerating. Like that's all you can yeah. put in this thing. So they, and I mean, take it from me, you're going to want to put everything in your front two pockets in this locker because that's what you're going to be basically lying on. Also, I mean, the lockers are free. So like, yeah, not only that, they are free. And if you have whatever you use to open a locker, if it's like a magic card or a magic band, you need to keep that with you because that's how you get back into it. Uh, First time we went on it, the person with us didn't understand how that worked. It was like, wait, don't you go to Universal? He goes, no. It was like, well, welcome to the future. And they also... Um, this is at the end of the ride. They also took the locker concept design that they use for Velocicoaster. Velocicoaster, yeah. Uh, because when you walk down the opposite end, out towards the exit, you walk onto the other side of the locker room, so it's just easier and more convenient for you to grab your items. And uh, frankly, I hope this is a change that Disney decides to continue implementing because well, I it's remember, just so nice. I, did, I remember years ago, Disney says, we don't to ride lockers at Disney. That's not a Disney thing we do. Right. Um, and like many things I've heard, Disney make a declarative statement where they say that's not what we do. They should just end it with yet. That's not what we do yet. Yeah. Uh, because here we are. We finally got to the point where they have lockers for a ride specifically. And yeah, this is the future. This is the way it's all going to go from here on out. Yeah, which 
I'm I'm a okay with. I honestly prefer it this way because it's just easier for you to not have to worry about carrying your stuff around, and it's yeah. also a better ride experience in my opinion. I think when people realize that they're forced to put their items in the lockers, you run into less scenarios where you have folks that are losing items on rides. Oh, for or sure. You have the more dangerous aspects, which is when people lose their cell phones on rides. Um, I have personally witnessed people lose their cell phone on a ride as tame as Big Thunder. Yeah. Which is kind of astounding to me. So the fact that like they are now kind of more heavily enforcing it on a ride that has the potential to go like 60 plus miles an hour is a good thing. All caps. Right. Right. Like, I mean, we'll see what happens with Rock and Roller Coaster, for instance, going forward. But uh, another day, another day, another day. Uh, Right. So after the locker room. You yep. go into one final queuing area. Yeah, which I can describe as Guardian of the Galaxy's cousin. Yep. Uh, it's pretty much the exact same concept where you go down like a down one series ramp, of like ramps. And, and you then turn you around, you go down another ramp, and yep. this party goes left, this party goes right. We're dual loading two different coasters at the same time, yep. a la Big Thunder. So. Which is great for capacity so get oh there. it's great for capacity and uh then you get on the ride now well, we already kind of talked about this is the weird part though getting onto the ride yeah so you actually queue up um to like you have a if if you're on the left hand bike you queue up on the left hand side if you're on the right hand bike you queue up on the right hand side I follow. they actually have a gap in between the ride vehicles where when it's your time to get on the car if you're on the left one no problem. You just walk right into your seat, sit down, you're good. The restraints lock in, and then you're all set. If you're on the right-hand cycle, you actually walk through the ride vehicles and over the track yeah. to get onto the other cycle, which is, um, one, just neat. I think it's pretty neat. Uh, it was it's, a little, it's a very first neat time I did way. it, it was a little mentally jarring for me. Right. Like I was like, no, no, because not only... Like every every roller coaster before this, whether it's Seven Doors or Big Thunder, when it's the two of you going on, you stand one behind the other, right? And you're the person, first person in, goes all the way across. This is you're not standing one behind the other; you are standing next to each other, right? And one person goes straight on, and the other person has to go across the ride path and then on. And yep. my brain broke. I was yep. like, "Time out! <laughs> I we don't we don't cross the ride path." I know this from reading. One yep. operations guy, do not cross the ride path. Whatever you do, do not cross the ride. But since the the way the cycles are set up, there is literally a walking path built between each cycle. So like, it's not like you're in danger of stepping onto the track. It's yeah, yeah. Like fears. It's so cool. Like I, I took a second. And I was like, can I just because once you once you have a, a you know a white cane for visually impaired, you can just ask questions about doing stupid things beforehand, <laughs> and the answer is usually uh okay. So instead of that, I'm me just getting yelled at right away. I'm like, hey, can I just see how this? Oh, I understand. I understand now. All right, cool. I have all my fingers. I'm going to move on. Yeah. So. It's it's a little it, unusual if you're not like, if you haven't seen anything about it or if you're not used to it, or if you're like me, um, you don't have the chance to see the, the pre-show. Right. Now, granted, they, I think Disney kind of assumed that a lot of their guests would be um, stupid. <laughs> That's a great assumption because Mike, I was I was half stupid the first time I went on, and I'm I'm pretty 
I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think Disney made a, a a pretty a pretty fair assessment that the majority of their uh, guests would not be able to figure this out without any kind of assistance. So, so there's uh, a learning curve. There, well, there's also um, there's lines on the floor. There are literally lines and pictograms on the floor that depict how for uh, I how you are able yeah. to, to to walk through <laughs> and get onto the other side. Fair. Um, so even if you somehow manage to go through the queue without seeing the ride video about how to board it properly, like there's I did, an, there's enough there, things there. Yeah, there's enough context clues there. And okay. I mean, personally, I did not have any problems with it because again, like I. I read and watch entirely too much theme park stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I did not actually yeah. watch a ride through of this ride. I just knew about like the, the weird loading system. See, no, I did not. That yeah. was me finding out in real time right before I got on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh. That's how you do it. Uh, yep. Yeah. But then getting on posed its own challenges. I don't know about you, for me at least, where you have to kneel into it. So both your knees have to go down on either side of the bike first. Yep, and then you have to reach up uh, with your chest down. Down, and you have to reach the, up yeah. to the handlebar thing and pull that into you. And when that happens, the back and the the back restraint and the leg calf restraints both come up simultaneously, mm-hmm. while your bottom portion actually slides forward, and it locks you into place, so you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and if that sounds slightly claustrophobic, it is. But also, I didn't expect it to move as fast as it did when I was getting on it. So mm-hmm. I locked myself in a very compromising position. Which uh, is, uh, what, there was like, what, four inches of clearance? Like when you and I rode Splash Mountain that one time and the bar just straight up didn't go down? No, Mike, worse. Um, I locked it in a way that I was resting all my body weight directly on my genitals. Oh, well. I was, that- I was, at first, and I did it immediately and I went, oh. <laughs> and then I... Oh, Mike is dead. Mike is dead. <laughs> so I, I immediately did it because it went way faster than I thought it would. And then I just, I was stuck. And I was like, oh, oh. And so I'm using all my muscle power to get one inch. Give me one inch. And it was just like the entire trip around the corner to the launch. I was I was struggling very hard. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. I feel better, though, because some other people said, oh, that happened to me, too. I go, oh, great. Good. Brothers. Where's that T-shirt? I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just too fat. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I'm glad I'm glad you didn't have similar issues. Yeah, Rob, Rob's, Rob's out here ball tapping himself on a ride. Oh uh, um, yeah. Right, so that's yeah, what I had to deal with. Yeah. You get, but anyway, you the, you when you pull off. when you pull the handlebars, there is a little glove compartment type section right on there where you could put a cell phone or your car keys. So again, get everything out of your front pockets, folks. Get everything out yeah. of them. Don't don't worry about that. Um, yeah, and then so okay, so you you uh, once you're all locked in, they did they do the safety checks. You uh, yep. you load up into a, a like a launch tunnel, and they have this really cool like audio visual segment. Yeah, it's um, the launch tunnel you walked across when right, you entered right. the uh, show building, and then yeah. you uh, you launch. Yeah, and then you go into the area that we talked about earlier, where you fly outside, mm-hmm. which again doesn't make any sense thematically whatsoever. No. Uh, do you have the exact speed? I think it's either 55 or 60. I think it's something. like 61 or 62. All right. All right. Yeah. It's, Fair. It's, I don't know. It's, I mean, again, right down the road, you've got Velocicoaster, which goes zero to 70 on its first launch or zero to no. 66 on its first launch. Yeah, and then it hits 70. And then it's 45 to level. 70 at the second one. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just, I feel like Disney doesn't particularly 
succeed with thrill rides because they don't really design them to be thrill rides. No, and this one, this one's a very, it was a very ambitious project to begin with. I mean, we're all we're all riding cycles, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then you go through the canopy, canopy part. Yep. We've talked about. We haven't really touched too much about what happens when you go through the secondary part of the ride. It's the ride vehicle building. So they have. Um, it's dark in there. It's dark. They have a they have a second section of the ride after you go through the canopy, where you go into the ride building and some more stuff happens. Now, again, this is why I maintain that this ride is intended to be ridden at night mm-hmm. because because it's if you go out in broad daylight. Yep. I've even seen this on like some ride throughs of the video uh, of ride through videos of this that I've watched. Uh, even even cameras like tend to struggle with how bright it is outside to how suddenly dark it is inside because it's basically pitch black as soon as you get in there. Yeah. And this is where, in my opinion, the ride really kind of detracts from itself. So you get into this secondary ride building and you all of a sudden from screens on the walls are able to witness the other riders that you've been competing against. Team Orange. Right. Sons of bitches. Now keep in mind, at this point, the only indication whatsoever that you are even racing or, or collecting rings against the other team is from the pre-show. There's like no audio or visual aspects to suggest that you are even still racing another team. I mean, until you get into into this the building. building, yeah, until you get into this building, that's right. when the uh, the robot computer lady voice comes right. back on and says, first to seven rings wins." And like, yeah. Okay. You Unless so. you are riding at night. And if you're riding at night, like I mentioned earlier, on the underside of the canopy, you can see the lights from the other racer, air quotes there, okay. other racer, gotcha. move underneath the canopy next to you. Because you stay under the canopy the entire time you do the loop and everything. Mm. Uh, so, again, I think it was intended to be ridden at night, but regardless, probably you go was. into the building and you can suddenly see the other racer. Um, and... Then the music kicks in. Music is amazing. The yep. audio is spectacular. Okay, the audio and visual aspects of this ride are top-notch. They look good. Uh, aside from it's... the actual computer-generated imagery of the other racer, which is it's... not good. No, but you're also going <laughs> past it at points, and right. it's, it's, I, it's easily forgivable. Yeah, and uh, you have this, uh, this sort of segment where you just come out from outside and you go down this little dip and you go through like the first rings and mm-hmm. it like speeds up and slows down but there's no there's no like upside down parts there's no. no like hard banks or turns no i think all the thrill comes from when we almost hit the other racers right and then you like when you it's eventually... clearly obvious we're not going to hit the other racers right yeah. right and there is only one moment that I particularly remember, which is there's one other part where you go through like a brake block and then you accelerate again, but it's like you're going like 40 miles an hour. Like yeah. it's not very fast. And uh, you get to the end, you collect the seventh ring and narrowly beat out the yeah. other racer. And then that's the ride. Yeah. You get to the end and you get out and the entire ride experience from start to finish is one minute and 15 seconds. Which, if that sounds short to you, it is. To put that in perspective, I literally looked this up. 
Uh, in my opinion, one of the worst rides at Disney World is the Navi River Journey, which is a ride that oh, I famously hate because okay. it I, is only... I don't famously hate this. It is a minute and 22 seconds long. Bullshit. So this ride is seven seconds shorter than the shortest ride that already exists at Disney World. How long is um, Goofy's... Uh... Barnstormer? Yeah. Barnstormer's like a minute and a half. Damn. Barnstormer is still longer than this ride. And that is one of the biggest complaints that I have about the Tron Coaster, which Mm -hmm. is the fact that just like the Remy ride that they had in Paris, it is a carbon copy of the one in Shanghai, which means they did literally nothing to add to it whatsoever. It is literally the same 1 minute and 15 second long experience that the ride is over in Shanghai, and the only thing they did was update some of the graphics for the other racers. Hmm. That's literally it. And the ride is so short that it just detracts from the entire experience, in my opinion. You get to the end, and you're just like, oh, that's that's the ride. Yeah. That, that's the ride. I think one of the blessings is going into it, I knew it was short. So when it finished, I was like, oh, well, that didn't feel like a minute and a half. But I know it was in my mind that it was it was – it was shorter than that. But you know what I'm saying. So like, right. you need to know that going into it, that this is not a long experience. It's not. And, and that, that's going to help. <laughs> it, it's going to help. But at the same time, like I, I, can't, I can't just help but feel a little disappointed by it. Because it's, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. we, waited, we waited six years for, for this. Yes. <laughs> we waited six years. The railroad had to be completely rerouted. Yeah, it had to be closed for four and a half. Closed beforehand. Completely rerouted. They literally somehow managed to mess up the tunnel system that the train goes through underneath Tron and they put the wrong grading on it so they had to they had to literally physically break uh, one some of the, of the smoke train smokestacks sta- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I think it was two of the train smokestacks had to be right. shortened by six inches they literally had to break the smokestacks because they couldn't figure out how to make this ride and railroad fit together and it just feels like Disney just kind of yeah. I don't want to say drop the ball, but it's more like... Very underwhelming. Right. Like, I feel like they, they had these intentions to actually do things different with it. And then the pandemic happened, and they were like, well, let's just do a copy of the one that we have in Shanghai. Yeah, maybe. And then they ran into all the issues that they had building the damn thing. And then the final result is like a very just middling coaster at... It has some very cool moments. Like I, if I was rating it on the audio and visual aspects alone, mm-hmm. solid like, like aesthetics, well, solid like seven. Or I mean, eight as an experience, it is completely <clears throat> unique. Uh, well, I shouldn't yeah. say completely unique. Like many of it, like like the rings you go through, like the, the what they look like and what they sound like is straight out of test track. Right. But it, the rest of it is pretty unique in the sense that even you know the vehicle, the sound design, the yeah. The experience of the coaster is something Disney has never done here stateside, so I don't really know how to compare it to other things. Yeah, but even so, I mean, it's just the taken as a taken as a package as a as the ride all together I mean, as a whole. Yeah, it's yeah. still it's a concept more I, than anything. Yeah, I yeah. would give it like a five out of ten. Maybe maybe not even that high to be honest with you. It's not that it's not that I don't. Well, let me put it to you this way: You're going to go to Magic Kingdom. Are you waking up at seven a.m. to get a virtual queue for this? No. Oh, see, I still am. But it, say there was no virtual queue and this thing was an hour and a half. Would you wait an hour and a half for this? Maybe not an hour and a half. I'd yeah, maybe I wouldn't wait, I like, wouldn't wait an hour and a half Maybe for wait this. like an hour. 
Well, it's got Space Mountain right there. So let's say both if of those are 75 minutes. Space Mountain every time. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I figured, I yeah. figured that'd be the well, answer. And granted, part of that could be my own bias because oh, absolutely. Space Mountain sure. is one of Disney's finest coasters. Um, even though it's only 20 miles an hour and kind of rickety, but like it's, yeah. if you look at, if you look at Space Mountain as a whole, I think it just presents a more cohesive experience than Tron does because Tron ultimately feels like they kind of had like a very focused aspect once you get into the building itself. And then like the rest of it, like the queue and the locker rooms and everything else is kind of just thrown off to the wayside. And then the ride experience is kind of middling. Whereas Space Mountain, everything about Space Mountain from top to bottom is like you are going into an international or inter intergalactic space transport system that will take you to other aspects of the world. You can look up and you can see other spaceships and you're in complete darkness. And it just it, it just feels yeah. like a more cohesive direction than Tron ever did. Well, I mean, Tron just feels, for lack of a better term, bite size. Yes. Well, I spelled bite with a Y there. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, where and, it's you know, even of... the experience into the grid is not long uh, before you get on the bike, and then you do get on the bike, and the ride itself is not long, right? And then that's that's all she wrote. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Space Mountain. I guess if uh, if darkness is a theme, you're you're in Space Mountain's theming longer, right? That's the best I could say. I just I think I think Space has more to kind of like work with from that perspective than Tron does because Tron that's probably true, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. Quant- you know, I don't know the best way to say yeah. that. Yeah, and there's, just, there's more to it at space. Yeah, but I th- I think Tron does it better in the short run. But the problem is, it's a short run. Right. Yeah. There we go. Well, but but, but well, even then, hold on. Okay. I'm gonna count. I'm gonna counter with one thing as well. Go for right? it. So when you get off of Tron, you go to the locker room, collect your belongings, and leave. Yes. The only other thing that you can do at the Tron queue or the Tron exit is like take a picture with the light cycle and that's it. You're just suddenly back outside again. Uh, what about green team? Well, I mean, that's that's the light cycle, like the green the green light cycle, oh. which is presented by Enterprise. Oh, that's all that is? Yeah. Because the day that's I it. went, that wasn't open yet. So there's, yeah. there's my disclosure. That's, that's it. That's all there is. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me because if you go to the end of Space Mountain, you get off at the spaceport, you're welcomed back to the spaceport by mm-hmm. like... Uh, uh, like a voice like welcome back intergalactic travelers and then you go through what used to be the moving walkway but you pass by all those vignettes right they've got like like oh go cave diving and the you know the the mar the caves of arcadia or go go for a trip on neptune or they've got that that aesthetic cityscape that i love so much you go through the ball pit room with like the ikea furniture yeah i got you i got you then you go out into the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company, and Power which, Company is which is now going to be a Tron, Tron gift, gift shop. shop. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the thing is, is that like even on the way out of the ride for Space Mountain, you are still getting more theming, more mm. of a Space Mountain experience. When you get to the end of Tron, you take a picture with the light cycle, and then you're outside again. That's yeah, it. and Full I'm not stop, sure. Story. I'm not sure if they're gonna, because I know they did the day I was there, but like I'm not sure if they're gonna continue to have a photo pass photographer at the exit. Because there is a portion of the exit, if I remember correctly, where the, the coaster, is, uh, outside, where the coaster is coming basically at your height. You I know? see, I don't like know. It's, it's right, just... like, uh, if you stood next to the railing, the coaster would be three feet, three, four feet to your right as it comes past. Yeah, uh, I just, I have no So clue. I don't know if they're going to keep that up. So, I don't know. Not a whole lot yeah. to say about it. Um, yeah, underwhelmed would be the best way I could say it. 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, me personally, I'm still going to try and get a virtual queue at seven. But I mean, I, I kind of look at it like this. Tron is the overwhelming feeling I had when I got off of Tron the first time. And again, is during the media preview. Mm-hmm. No one else in line for this damn thing. Yeah. I got to ride it four times. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I came off, we just went right back right. in line. I got off this ride, and my first immediate thought was, wow, I can't believe I waited six years for this. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know there's some folks out there who genuinely do love this attraction, but... Not me. It <laughs> I, Again, I didn't... By the time it opened, I didn't care anymore. Which, I don't and, know, like... And I already had so much negative feelings going into it yeah. that... It had to do a whole lot to make... And again, I, I know nighttime is superior, and I haven't been on it at night. So I can only give this like a six and a half, maybe a six tops. Yeah. That's... that's I'd, yeah. Yeah. I would... I'd probably be sticking pretty consistently with like a four or a five out of ten, yeah, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Because the people I was with, right, we got off, were like, okay, rank this compared to every other mountain or coaster at Magic Kingdom. It's like, is this better than Big Thunder? No. Is this better than Space Mountain? No. no. Is this better than what Splash was? No. No. Uh, is this better than Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Mm, maybe not. Mm. You know, I. Mm, that's a yeah, good question. See, that's actually. that's the that's the question we're all gonna have to think of. Right. Is, because which like, is better? Because yeah. like Space and Big Thunder are obviously superior. Splash. Yeah. Uh, Splash. And, Splash was the number three. Right. Yeah. Splash is obviously superior. Uh, and then there was a big drop off to Seven Dwarfs. And now this is the Seven yeah, Dwarf Cousin. because, like, yeah. Seven Dwarves only really has, like, the one big moment, which is when they do the hi-ho scene and you yeah, go up the... Yeah, that's all great. I right. mean, again, again, so, like, this ride has the opening launch outside, indoors, and it just ends there. I, like, I thought, damn, if we just did, like, a victory lap outside, like, blue team, you've earned victory lap. Go, go, go. And you just do one more circuit, like, a la Test Track outside real quick before he came back in hmm. that'd be so much better because like you look at seven dwarfs and it's all right we're going outside we're doing outside now we're indoors here's the dwarfs and then we go back outside right. <laughs> so but, like that has it actually has a story arc to it and feels I, more complete in my mind i think seven dwarves might still edge it out and i'll tell you why i think so too because seven dwarves it conceptually makes sense for you to go outside whereas in tron it still does not make sense for you to go outside. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair. Because like, because like in Seven Dwarves, like it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like you get, you get to the, you get to the high. We got to go to the the mines. All right. Now we got to go home. Right. Yeah. I get that. And then you get to the end and they've got like the, the dancing scene and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And Tron, you just kind of get to the end and you're like, oh, that's, that's the end. Okay. All right. So this, this might be unfair, (laughs) but, uh, which of these coasters, which of these Magic Kingdom coasters is better, Tron or, Goofy Barnstormer. I mean, listen. It's it's Tron. I'm not even gonna. I mean, it's Tron. We're not. Yeah, we're not gonna. (laughs) I just wanted an awkward silence. Yeah, we're not gonna. We're not gonna lie about that. Yeah, that's well, because Barnstormer is just two loops and that's it. I just or two two seats. Its seats are so uncomfortably. Yeah. What what if what if that's one of our ride reviews coming up? We just do the Goofy's Barnstormer. We could do Barnstormer. I mean, listen, the great Goofini comes out of retirement. I do. I do like his cue when it's not 90 degrees. That's true. It's it's cute. Uh, but I think, like, uh, we definitely want to talk about the train eventually. And, oh, and yeah. the train has a part uh, that goes right through, I shouldn't say right through, right next to the Tron ride, where once you leave the Storybook train station and you go underneath the concrete ramp tunnel thing, 
uh, automatically you lose the reception of your train conductor and you uh, you hear now the voice of the grid talking and you hear so the Daft Punk swelling music and then to your left you might be able to see parts of the ride sometimes. Hmm. Well, like yeah. I mentioned, I have not been back on the railroad since so, they reopened it, so yeah. that will be a uh, a future thing for me to check out. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, it's it's part yeah. of this experience now. The way uh, Splash Mountain was kind of part of the train experience, it's in a similar vibe. Only since it's dark inside and it's daytime when you're on the train, unless you time it where a car is actually going past when you're in there. You might not see anything. Mm. So, well, whoopsies. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, do you have anything else that you want to say about this ride? No, not not yet. I, I do need to give it more of a chance. More, again, nighttime. I need to go on a nighttime, which I can't control. Nighttime right is now. definitely a better experience. Yeah. But even then, like, I'm I'm still giving it the score that I'm giving it with the knowledge that I've ridden it That's exclusively at nighttime. That's saying something. Yeah. So, all right. There we go. Tron. Uh, yep. It took In the spirit of you taking six years to uh, open, I give you a six. <laughs> well, I give it probably a, I, maybe like a five out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys. Uh, so, uh, we are uh, the E-Ticket the e podcast. Yep. Um, so, uh, be sure to uh, follow us on our socials. Uh, we talked last time. Pretty sure Twitter is uh, going to gonna go to the dodo. I, so, yeah, uh, we're not getting much uh, traction over yeah. there anyway. I, I'll post something else right now. Yeah. So, be sure to follow us on uh, on Instagram uh, at eTicketPod. That's it. Um, I finally finally got that right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, once again, guys, my name is Mike. And I've been Rob. And uh, we are the eTicket Podcast. Yes. And uh, have a great day. See you.